the Podfix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 242 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Charles Alders. Nope. I'm Tobias Fees, the editor of the Filmmakers Podcast. I'm honored to step in for Charles, who's currently on set shooting Three Day Millionaire. Uh, Charles recorded this episode a while ago, and there is a lot for you to learn. So today on the show, we have on producer Will Thorne and director Yami Bamiro. Together, they made One Man and His Shoes, a documentary that tells the story of the phenomenon of Air Jordan sneakers. Will and Yami dive deep into the making of their indie documentary how it all started with a little short, how they financed the movie themselves in the beginning and how they managed to bring on more and more people. They discuss why hiring a lawyer is important and what it takes to do a successful crowdfunder. They also talk about how they put all the footage together, where they got the archive footage from and share all of the various worries that they had while working on this documentary for eight years. This was a two-hour masterclass that I had to trim down to one hour. So if you want even more from Will and Yami and all of our other lovely guests, consider joining our Patreon. There's tons of delicious bonus material on there. Link is in the show notes. Cool. So that's what I sound like. I hope you all enjoy the phenomenal editing work on this podcast. It was nice to meet you. But now, without any further ado, please enjoy this week's episode with Will Thorne and Yami Bamiro. So how are we, boys? We all right? We good? We feel yeah, good. We're good. We're yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's Filmworkers Podcast. Honestly, it's amazing to have you both on. Obviously, uh, between you, you made uh, One Man and His Shoes, the amazing documentary, and I loved it uh, when I saw it recently. I think it was on Sky. Where was it? Anyway, I, I watched it and I was like, this is amazing. I know Will have been talking about it for a while. And I did put into your uh, crowdfunding campaign a little bit as well. Oh, so. you're a hero. <laughs> yeah, legend. I know. And you gave us a shout out as well. Yeah, I did to get other people to donate. So hopefully, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, no, yeah. thank you for doing that. Oh, my pleasure. So some of you were listening. I, d I think it was about a year ago you did that campaign. Yeah, yeah, it was in January. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, it was a yeah. year ago. Oh, no. yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Crowdfunding campaigns are so hard as well. They're really yeah. difficult. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like it's a feature film. Let's, let's come back to that. Let's talk about that in a bit. You know, it's an amazing achievement, what you've done. You've both had films that you've, you know, semi-involved in both that have come out during the pandemic which is just a weird time to release anything <laughs> yeah. I, i've had two films out the same in this time and it's just really odd you don't know what to do <laughs> right yeah. it's yeah. zoom calls isn't it constantly yeah. and yeah. chatting about it in this way yeah. but first of all let's let's jump back a bit obviously one man in his shoes you'd made a short film you know about uh, these Air Jordan trainers or the trainers sort of whole world around it. What was the inspiration for that, Yemi? Why did you want to do it? How did Will come on board? I know you guys were friends for a long time as well, making stuff in terms of the TV world, but our audience don't know this. So let's, let's tell them a bit about how you two started this whole journey. And, you know, it's kind of a six year journey of, of getting the documentary One Man and His Shoes out there. 
Okay, so I can jump back to 2012 because that's when I started thinking about the film. It's a good so year. that's why it's a really good year, that, 2012. <laughs> yeah, so I started thinking about this film in November 2012, which was maybe about five months before my 30th birthday. And the reason why it's so vivid is because, you know, I, I love film, I love reading about directors. and, and it always resonated with me that, you know, some of my favorite directors had always made films by the time that they were 30. And this, it was this milestone sort of like age. And I thought like, I'd I'd always had ambitions to sort of like make a a, a long form film. So that's when I, that's when I started thinking about it. And then I I just started thinking about this idea of like Nike and and sort of like the fascination that people have with Jordans and, and how come I've never seen that story. And that's where it sort of started. So then I put together like a three year plan of how I would sort of like do this so 2013 I would sort of like make this sort of like trailer thing and then 2014 I would uh, try and find funding for it and then 2015 I would make the film 2015 I would make the film so that was my three year plan Okay. and obviously uh, yeah I'm out by like five years basically because the the film came out in 2020 but like that's basically where it sort of happened so the short film was just the reaction to to me wanting to sort of like show something I didn't didn't want to like be running around town with like a treatment and and Mm. nothing to sort of like show people I, I knew the importance of actually having sort of like some sort of like long form trailer or, or teaser. So then, you know, that's that's where the sort of like the short film came along. And it was it was like maybe seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. And in relation to me and Will, I, I think, yeah, we had worked together at an independent production company called Lemonade Money. And I think we met in like t- 2009 or 2010. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember like, you know, as soon as I met him, we just hit it off. We started talking about film and I just, you know, it, it was really organic. We're kind of like similar in terms of like our love of independent film and directors. And we're just like film buffs. Right. And I remember we met one day in Kennington in a park. I basically said, yeah, I've got this trailer. Couple and of cans of like, cider. Yeah, yeah. White lightning. I know, yeah. <laughs> so we met in this park and I was like, yeah, man, I've been, I've, you know, I've been trying to sort of like shot this trailer around town. Like it's this seven minute film. I want it to be a feature. Mm-hmm. No one's really, you know, taking, I'm not getting any traction. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you make it. And that was pretty much it. And then like we sort of like embarked on this madcap you know, journey and, 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 and yeah. And, and that's how one man in his shoes sort of, uh, came to fruition. I'm sort of like leaving out a part where Will, you know, introduced me to, to Michael Marden, who's another one of the producers and the editor. And the editor, yeah, uh, indeed. yeah, yeah. Will, Will can talk to you about his relationship with, with, with Michael, but yeah, Michael is basically an extension of Will. He's like another sort of like film buff like you know i think he's got a master's in film and like he just loves film and yeah he'd, he'd always wanted to make a feature as well so i think will sold him the idea and yeah he was crazy enough to get involved and then like yeah we, we just kind of like embarked on this like yeah six to seven year year journey just making this film isn't that amazing and it is all about finding the right collaborators whatever 100%. you're trying to make you find the right people six seven years you're still friends that yeah. says you've done a good job regardless yeah, of yeah. everything yeah else. this yeah. film wouldn't 
exist without those two. You, you're only as good as your co- collaborators, and, and yep. you know that they they kind of like at times had more passion for this project than than me. You know, because it's it's really hard making an independent doc. You know, mm. like no one's it's, the rejection and the sucker punches. Are like you've got to have thick skin, and I I kind of feel that you know we 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 were a great team, and and we sort of like managed to bring this home. So yeah, amazing. Will uh, can you remember that uh, meeting on the bench? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Was> it <laughs> yeah the, the funny thing is, is even when he was making a short film, I think I was lending him a, like a microphone or a lens or whatever. <laughs> like I knew, you know, what he was up to and we'd meet and watch movies. And I think the, the point was, is it was like, you know, even when he told me about it very early on, I was mm. just like, has anyone else done this before? And he's like, no, it's like, this just seems nailed on. Mm. So I just kind of thought, you know, just when time goes by and he's like, yeah, I've been shopping around and not getting anywhere. I just couldn't believe it because I was just thinking, but this is nailed on, isn't it? Surely. And you kind of got this cool little short that you've made and like, you know, mm-hmm. had a bit of a track record. So you're just like, okay, well, look, you know, let's let's do it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, I th- we, we actually roped in Michael because when me and Yemi sort of, it was like, come on, let's, let's expand this a bit. And then we sort of, you know, Yemi went off to the US and filmed some more interviews and Mm-hmm. Then we wanted someone to basically kind of take some of the short film and then, you know, just kind of cut something that was a bit more rounded, had a, a few more kind of threads in it, I suppose. And yeah, Yemi's guy wasn't really around. And I was like, well, I know a guy, uh, you know. So, um, yeah, I think I, I think I met him in a pub. There's a few pints and I sort of slid a hard drive across the table. I just watched the rushes, man. Just check it out. See, you know, have a look at the project. And, yeah. I sort of catfished him a little bit. But he was a big Jordan fan as well. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I knew yeah. he was into Jordans, so he would get it, and he did get it. And you know, mm. had the same kind of, this is just nailed-on idea, isn't it? So, mm. And I think that's really important, isn't it? To, like you say, find the right collaborators, but find the right idea that will mm. appeal to other like-minded creatives who go, yeah, that that is actually a really good idea. Mm. And and it is, you know, the, the idea of going, look, let's do this documentary about these shoes. And these shoes were huge. When I was a kid, it was like, I, I mean, I couldn't afford them. I don't yeah. remember many people in Yorkshire having <laughs> Air Jordans, but if yeah. some, I, I, there was one kid who did and everyone went crazy for them, you know? And, <laughs> and it was really amazing, that whole period. And I mm. got into basketball big time at mm. that age, big. So I, I like, for me, it was like so, nostalgic and yeah. watching this amazing documentary about you know that time that period of the Jordans and even now how you know big they are it's incredible yeah. and that yeah. whole and that's what's really interesting about this documentary as well about you do go into the darker side mm. um, and we will talk about that in a bit because I find mm. that fascinating mm. so now you've made your short mm. uh, you've got your team together you mm. will Michael so mm. now you're going right how do we actually make this? Because you, your, your three-year plan, well, you were already in your final year of this at the time. So yeah. how did you go about going, right, well, we need archive footage, we need interviews, um, we need whatever else you can get. You might need to shoot some new stuff, which you did. Talk mm. me through the process of that, and did you have a story arc of what you wanted to tell? I guess we always knew that the power rested with us. In 2015, we weren't gunning for super high-profile con- uh, contributors. It was just people that had the authority to speak on the subject matter, right. and it, then it then it just became a case of getting to America. So, you know, we all sort of like chipped in and put our money where our mouths were, and 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 just kind of like went 
back and forth to America. So you guys put your own money in at that point. It was yeah, you, yeah. Guys, you didn't have any funding bodies. You didn't have any. No. At that point, you hadn't done the crowdfunding. It was just you guys going, let's yeah. put some money in. Yeah, we self-funded wow. it for a while because we, you know, like I said, the access was on us. Like, you know, we knew that we could sort of like reach out to people and arrange interviews and, and sort of like go back and forth to America. The only issue was just getting there. So <laughs> we were like, you know, let's... I think we were trying to get money, but just were, you know, you, as you know, it's super competitive and we didn't really get anywhere. So we were like, let's just make the film. And so we just, I, you know, I would go to America and sort of like shoot and have crisis talks with Will down the phone. And, and you know, it sort of like went on like that for years, to be honest. I suppose just to jump in, to, just to rewind a bit, is when you said like me and Yemi met in TV, I think we'd both been kind of jobbing in TV for like five six seven years or something before we mm. met and you mm. know a lot of your kind of bread and butter is just jetting around you know doing interviews on the hoof mm-hmm. and the sort time, of just yeah. getting it done mm-hmm. um so i think and, and that's kind of another reason i came on board is because you know i looked at what yemi was doing he was already kind of doing it with the short film it was a case of like yeah you know we just need to kind of hose down some interviews right this is kind of you know it's what we do um we just need you and a camera and that's it you know do the sound do everything yourself obviously it's not ideal Mm -hmm. but we knew that we could do that that kind of informed a lot of you know just how it sort of snowballed a bit but that was one of the first things i did when yemi you know i had been shopping about hadn't got anywhere i'd started to meet a few people in film Mm -hmm. you know showed it to a few companies and a few people who did show interest you know kind of everyone always showed interest just in case yeah. just yeah. in case so, oh, yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan oh, that's a great idea you know yeah. and then six months goes by and you're kind of going what's going on with these people mm. and it was kind of just born out of frustration but there was also there was a cool thing where Yemi was doing certain gigs I think and he was able to jump off in sort of locations and get interviews oh, great. so while yeah. he was working he was kind of yeah. getting the odd thing in the can and then when we would have a little break between freelance gigs it'd be like okay let's not let let's really try and get something done in this couple of months and mm. we you know get, get together a camera or whatever and sort of try and get him out there and, and, and get things done and we basically the plan was always well we'll shoot a bit more and then we'll have an even better taster every time right until yeah. someone finally says yes and we basically did that until it was finished <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for the next five years yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 that's so great but did you always know like I said the story of it the arcs of it all yeah. because yeah. I'm doing that with my doc at the moment food for thought and you're kind of like well we've got our art we kind of know our beginning middle and end but you end up going down a, a totally new road with a new interview or you find something new and you go oh god now we need to interview someone else he's mentioned because that's a really good angle yeah. were you constantly reworking the story as you went i don't think we were i i think you know because I always knew what the story was. So, you you know, I think at the beginning of this, you alluded to the dark side. I always knew that we were going to talk about kids sort of, you know, and and the violence surrounding these Mm. these sneakers and these trainers. Because that was part of the story. So I always knew that we were going to go there. And and I always knew that it was going to be an origin story. I think perhaps, you know, in terms of the contributors, I, I think at the beginning of the process, we had a wish list and everybody that was on that wish list is in the film apart from spike lee so yeah yeah yeah. and he's kind of in the film anyway isn't he with the sort of the the exactly yeah you feel his presence in the film so i think 
you know, we were able to get the contributors that we were because we had the luxury of time, because this film was made over such a long period. Because, you know, every time you ask someone to be in your film, they're not necessarily going to say yes straight away. They might want to know who else has done it or who yep. else is going to be involved. And because, we, you know, we didn't have a, like a hard sort of like a 12-month deadline, you know, I think our deadline was like six years or whatever. Like it turned into a long time. So we could sort of like go back and look. Like, so Sonny Vaccaro, who's one of the main sort of like key contributors, um, he said no for like almost two years. You know, so I would sort of like go back to him every six months and ask him if he changed his mind. And, you know, he didn't basically. It took two two years, you know. And then, you know, when he did say yes, I ended up interviewing him twice. Right. He said yes. And I went straight away. And then I came back maybe like a year and a half later to sort Mm -hmm. of like, you know, reshoot him with a DP. And once we'd got a little bit of money. So, yeah, it, it was a long process. But I think having the luxury of time allowed us to make the film that we really wanted to, to make. And, and also because we were our, our own bosses, we had autonomy. We had mm-hmm. like a sense of creative control. So we were able to tell the story you know, just without any interference. And and I think that feeling is so intoxicating, you know, like just to sort of like, yes, you, it is. you know. But you yeah. can also get lost on that. And I know me and Dan have found that a few times with the Food for Thought mm. doc. We've we've kind of, we've gone to a place and we get a big edit together and it's way too long. We go, uh-oh. You know, and we can mm. get slightly lost. Or even before we've even got to the edit, we were like, uh, you know, right, let's mm. find some more collaborators. Let's try and push this forward because you can get disheartened and you can lose, not, hope but you just lose your sort of you know the, the, when you're making a feature like the you know Silent Night you know mm. you're filming for three weeks four weeks whatever yeah. that's your time with yeah. a doc like you say it's six years did you ever have that period where you're thinking okay this is tough or am I still going to keep doing this <laughs> yeah yeah no there, there were there were you know there were a few periods like that I think you know for so long there were there were no other projects like this basically what happened is that I think it was Tribeca in 2016. There was mm-hmm. another Jordan documentary that basically got into Tribeca Film Festival. Oh. And, and it had some of the same contributors. And I think that was a real sucker punch. Like, that was a real sort of like, oh my God, like, you know, yeah. um, this is sort of in the same vein as, as our film. And yes. it was really hard to stomach a little bit. But then nothing really became of that film in like a really tangible way. It, it popped up on a few sort of like, you know, streaming platforms and stuff but, I, but it didn't I, blow up it didn't become it, it, did, you know, it wasn't didn't become huge, one man shoes, yeah. no no but then but then we were also aware of the last dance and then mm. we, we we didn't really know what that was going to be and and you know we kind of thought oh you know in terms of like where we shot this does that immediately rule out netflix because they're going to have 10 hours on michael jordan and mm. like so you, you're just constantly sort of like fighting these internal battles with yourself and like re- trying to respond to things that are completely out of your control mm. but like, that are sort of like just existing on, on the outside but you know i think we existed ultimately we existed in the slipstream of of, of the last dance you know that that kind of you know, without the last dance, you could argue that we wouldn't have got the North America deal with Vice. It, it, it kind of like it, it showed commissioners and it showed sort of like broadcasters that there, you know, there is an appetite for sort of like all things Michael Jordan, and we just happen to have a yeah. film, you know, that explored some of the same things. Totally agree with that. Yeah, the last dance was so big on Netflix; it was like it came to an end, and everyone wanted more. I know <laughs> yeah. so many people who didn't want to watch the last episode of it because they knew it would yeah. end. So yeah. having something like One Man and 
many shoes. I know so many friends of mine who I've spoken to about this mm. doc, and they've gone, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I was I was desperate to watch it because yeah. of the last dance." So exactly. as much as at the time it might have been really disheartening, oh my god, they've got a full you know however mm. long documentary on mm. Michael Jordan. Mm. And as is on pretty much Michael Jordan's shoes, mm. uh, but actually there was a massive appetite. How did you yeah. feel about that, Will, then, being the, one of the producers on this? Obviously, Yemi, you were a producer as well, but for your role, Will was the producer. Did you at any point think, okay, this could be good, this could be bad in terms of the producing you know, side of One Man and His Shoes? Yeah, it, it's a bit of a weird one because when that other film came out, I think I knew it was very different, or we, we kind of knew it was different. We just knew, we knew our film. Mm. And I wasn't sort of too worried about it because we were actually at that point so far off finishing our film. I was thinking we're probably a year away from yes. finishing our film anyway. So like, this is not great. It's a bit of a slap in the face because, you know, we had worked on it for quite a while already, knowing, hey, we need to get this away because no one else has ever done it. So it was a bit of a slap in the face that, you know, it did come out. But actually, funnily enough, um, I think that was the start of 2017. Yeah, and then it actually came back to haunt us and it sort of torpedoed a, a deal for some money oh, um, really? mm. in kind of 2018. That was 2018. Yeah, that's 2018. Yeah, so yeah. we, um, and to be, as a producer, when you go, oh, was it, that was probably the hardest time for me because we we finally found sort of you know decent cash it talks of 300 grand you know you took chain to yeah. someone yeah. there's 300 grand there wow, 48 hours later it's just gone oh, because they found out about wow. this other film and they're just like oh no 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 blah 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 blah, blah. that and, must have been heartbreaking right oh, oh my god, god. That, yeah. That, yeah this is what i sort of said after the south by southwest thing i was kind of like guys this is that was worse because at that point you still hadn't finished your film mm, no, and absolutely. it was just a real, real kick in the balls. Mm. Whereas South by Southwest was insane. It was just insane because there's, there's a global pandemic and it's all getting, to so get your head around it. But I just, we'd actually finished the film about two days before South by Southwest got cancelled. You know, because we, we, it was the festival, so we were working all the way up until the, the you know, the wire. Yeah. But that was it. We'd actually made the film and, you know, that's, it's like, well, there you go, it's produced. <laughs> we, we did it. <laughs> yeah. We did it. We did it. It's there. Yeah. It's finished. Whereas well, nearly. Yeah. 2018, yeah, you're kind of, uh, sorry, in the, at that point, I think we had about 45 minutes and it was a 45 minute cut, but we actually only needed like another handful of interviews yeah to they could have pushed it yeah we knew the rest of it or Yemi mm. and you know Marty they kind of knew how to finish it off we just didn't quite have you know another couple of weeks worth of shooting in the US under our belt um, mm. plus all the edit time that then needs to go into that so we were just so close and we just needed that sort of f final bit of you know a big chunk of money let's just mm, get this thing done chunk. yeah that was tough and, and I actually had to sit with the guys and go you know do we need to draft in another producer because it's the first feature I'd ever made you know, and it's kind of like, well, you know, do we need to box clever here? You know, if just get someone in and get this thing done. And we sort of rallied a bit and, you know, went back to some people that we'd sort of already been chained to. And yeah, things, 
we sort of got back on the horse a bit. Um, mm. I'm glad you oh, did. Sorry, no, that's it. We, we, we met a guy. <laughs> we, oh, wait. We, we, we met, we met a guy on a park right. bench. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, through Yemi's um, antenatal classes, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. It's funny how you can meet people, isn't it? Like, in, investors could be anywhere, high net worth individuals, antenatal class, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah, we met, we met a guy called uh, James Rancolia, who's, um, yeah, he's a friend of ours, a good friend of ours now. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a really good friend of ours. Yeah, yeah I met him in, two, in 2017 in a church in Streatham where we were having NCT classes. So our wives were, um, you know, pregnant with our first uh, kids. And yeah, I, I, I just remember we get we got on really well. He's an Arsenal supporter. I would go mm-hmm. around to his house and just hang out. And, and he, he just, you know, I told him about the film. I said, oh, I'm making this film. And he was like, oh, like, I love Jordans. I've always wanted to invest in film. And I thought he was kind of like joking. Yeah, I, I, like, what? I, Hello, I, was like, Stop. I was like, no, like, mate, you're going to be a dad. Like, man, save your money. You can't invest in film. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Good yeah, point. But, but whenever I'd see him, he'd always bring it up, like, to the point, like, so what's going on with your film, man? Have you thought any more about you know how you're going to get money and 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 wow and, and like so it carried on like this for months oh my god he's literally knocking on your door going hey do you want some money and you're yeah, going yeah. save it man save it yeah and i just was like well no we're both about to be dads like mm. we need all the money we can like you know yeah, get, get hold like, of yeah but like he was insistent and then i told will and then we sort of like set up a meeting and yeah he was just basically we, we got to this meeting he was straight on it yeah when's the next antenatal <laughs> class i'm coming down we had this meeting and you know he basically told will what he'd been telling me and yeah that that basically got set up really quickly about six months later was it that long will late uh 2018 or so, yeah. no, so end of summer 2018 and then we met james like a couple of months later and we actually secured everything with him right at the start of 2019 so yeah like within six months we'd kind of managed to just secure enough to get the final shoots in the can and and, and basically a a first proper, proper cut. That's kind of what his money helped us do. And just jumping on that, because it's your first time making a feature film, dealing with paperwork with an investor on a feature film isn't easy. I just wanted to to wonder how you did that. How did you do that rocky landscape of making sure that everything was written down correctly? Yeah, well, actually, funny enough, so that's... That was something else that kind of happened at that time when we said, like, right, well, we've, we've sort of, we nearly had this money. Now we don't. Now we're completely on the canvas. Mm. Let's circle back and just see who else was out there. And actually, to go right back to one of your first points about, you know, finding the right idea, finding the right people, mm. it, you know, which is so true. Like, you know, I think with casting, you know, actors casting your crew is mm-hmm. just as important, isn't it? And it's, it is. that's. And, and there's actually, I think through this process um, I'm talking about now, we sort of really realized, you know, something, you know, find people who are champions of the project. And there was people we'd had been speaking to through the years, but hadn't quite got things going with them or whatever, you know, and they were kind of people in the industry we could bounce stuff off either distribution or, and a woman called Caroline Stern, who had been at Kaleidoscope and mm-hmm. had now set up her own sales outfit. And I'd sort of talked to her when she was at Kaleidoscope years ago. So, you know, dug back through all the contacts, got in contact with her. Hey, how's it going? You know, and um, she's super nice, you know, got on the phone and we just had a good chat. And I just sort of told her everything, where we're at. 
And she said, maybe you should speak to Christo Hurd, who's an exec producer who's made tons of docs, has been around the block for ages. Right. So we met him, you know, and he sort of laid out what him and Dartmouth do, you know, which is basically could come in and kind of help us um, mm -hmm. try and join the dots. Mm -hmm. And it was around the same time that we'd met James. And so it was quite cool. It was just, we were able to quite quickly, James, go, oh, here's an exec producer we're working with and here's his time. track record of mm, like 20 odd docs on IMDb. Docs. Yes. So yeah, I think that, that sort of bred a bit, that, that helped, I feel, get James' yeah. ink to paper. Um, <laughs> but he yeah. was very trusting and very much kind of like, look, here's the money. I just, you know, I don't want any sort of creative interest. It's just like, here's the money. Well, I just hope what you're telling me is true. Yes. And, you know, yeah. and, and to be fair, by this point, um, a very, a few years back, we had got a little bit of development funding out of the BFI. And oh, well done. Congrats. Yeah, which is, you know, just insane. Almost it's, impossible. Well done. Yeah, almost impossible. And I, I think, you know, James saw that we managed to do that that we'd kind of managed to do X amount of the film. And, uh, you know, some of these people where we nearly got this money from were sort of big names in industry. He, he, he could see that we were getting closer and closer. And I mean, you know, it was very shrewd on his part, really, because although he did, took a big risk and put his money, you know, money in, we were, you know, we was just like, this is the final stretch. We just need <laughs> the gas yes. in the tank to yeah. just get us there, you know? Um, so, yeah, so we didn't really go crazy looking at forecasts and all that stuff and you know mm -hmm. when you're going to get your money back and all the rest of it it was kind of it was kind of broad strokes really you know mm. um like just check back in a year let's check back in a year james yeah check back in a year james <laughs> don't worry about it just put it in this account number here yeah, it's all good yeah, yeah. because you do have to follow so many protocols with when you taking someone's money, uh, tax law, all that sort of stuff, do come into it. So everyone listening out there, just do be careful and make sure you get your lawyers involved and stuff like that. It's really yeah, important. Yeah, we, we obviously did it properly and we had legals and, you know, he had his legals and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it was all done by the book. And I think with those things, you just take it step by step, you know? Like, even if you sort of don't know what you're doing, it's not rocket science, it's just sort of, mm -hmm. you know dot the I's and all the rest of it. Just totally. read, read it. If you don't know what's going on, talk to a lawyer, talk to Absolutely. an exec. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone's kind of wigging it. <laughs> but no, you're so right. And it's true. That's what lawyers are for. That's why they take their percentage because they do know, they do understand. Your problem yeah. will be is if two lawyers are butting heads a bit, that costs you money every time. So actually you don't want that. You want it to be very simple. So it sounds like it was in this case. So it that, was. That, well done, both of you, because suddenly now when you're on, like you say, you're on the canvas, you prop back up again and you can then move forward which is incredible were you, were you at that point like you said the last little bits to go and was this this is 2018 now so was it that point that you thought you'd do the crowdfunder or was it a little bit after that that you thought let's just get the final bits together the crowdfunding was funny enough was something that very very early on we were just told, you know, like you, you're going around doing meetings, you're trying to find money with the rest of it, and people were just going to go, oh, you should do a crowdfunder. I know, like yeah. it's that easy. Like I they've, know. They've yeah. ever done it. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. no chance have they done it. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, it was undeniably, okay, well, that's a source of income and all the rest of it. And um, 
I won't go the, the, the full into it, but yeah, very early on, it was something that we were looking at and it was like, we might have to do this sooner or later because, you know, it just, if it's there and it's money. And so we actually put a lot of, sort of time and effort into that. And then we sort of part, we kept sort of having, you know, different routes. So we sort of follow it. And then really, once we got to the end, I'm trying to, so I'm trying to get my head back around. So 20, yeah, so 2019, we finished the film and then we get it into South by Southwest, but we still haven't like <laughs> paid for any of the archive. We still haven't, you know, like That's most of our yes. films is there and it's cut and it's got a soundtrack with like James Brown in it. And <laughs> Good luck with that one. Just like ridiculous, yeah. this ridiculous cut of the film. Which all is your like, archive yeah. has got like a big branding across it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't all use of that. Getty.com. Yeah. Others are available. <laughs> all of a sudden we had, you know, this like really harsh deadline of South by Southwest. And actually we were sort of, it looked like we were in the run-ins for Berlin at one point, so then that was even this other crazy sort of dead, you know, that they were sort of considering the film. Mm. I don't know, I doubt we would have even made that. So we somehow would have made it work, but I don't know, we'd be dead right now. But, um, <laughs> so we had this hard deadline, and yeah, like come January, uh, I think before that in December, knowing, hey, in three months we've got to be a South by Southwest and we've still got to raise, you know, an insane amount of money. You know, it's like, okay, we need to throw everything at it, and that's when, you know, so it's through sort of January we set it up and then February did it and yeah I mean it's like two months work man it's, it's like two months. and the, the nuts thing was is we were finishing we were finishing the film and then we were prepping for everything for South by Southwest and then I was doing this like crowdfunding thing at the same time so I was basically in production I remember speaking to Yemi one day and it's like you know I had these sort of Colombians that live locally that were like filming me and I was doing my video. Yeah. I was like, writing the script for a crowdfunding video. So you're kind of, you know, I was in production. I had to like basically make a short film, mm. you know, and then I edited it myself. Yeah. Oh, it was a nightmare. Yeah. It was a nightmare. It's really, crowdfunding, it's really difficult. If you haven't done it, it's really hard. You can't just go get money. You've really got to work so hard to get it. And, and your video and your platform was fantastic the way you'd set it up. It was really, really good. That's what made me go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all over this. This is great. Because we'd met in Cannes, hadn't we, Will? Uh, summer of 2018? I think that was 2018. Because 2019 yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. So 2018, we'd oh. met playing football uh, at the Cannes special Europe versus the rest of the world football football game which was uh, a lot of fun because it rained the only day it rained in Cannes didn't it oh it rained the whole time we were there I can't remember anyway it was the first year it rained for the football so we'd met on the bus and had a good chat about it so as soon as you'd sent me the link I was like yeah absolutely but this it did look brilliant I remember thinking this is great now one good thing about a crowdfunder is it makes people aware of your film so if you do it right people go oh that looks interesting suddenly you've got fans you've got people already invested in your film even if you put a fiver in they know about your film and that's a huge thing because you're already doing social media you're already saying well man in shoes well man in shoes it gets everywhere you know and the, uh, the look of it looked amazing uh, for you Yemi doing the crowdfunder how was it because obviously both of you have done big telly you'd worked on big jobs you'd made short films and suddenly you have to go cap in hand to people that's <laughs> yeah. how it feels like to us when you're yeah, doing yeah, it to yeah, no yeah. one else it does but to us it does how was yeah. it for you? you you can't be sheepish that's what i kind of yeah i kind of learned that a little bit from will you know because you're sort of like having to go to people and i think by this time we were we were in south by southwest at this point do you know what I mean? Yeah, so we, yeah. we need, like, so, you know, there'd been all this fanfare about us getting into this huge festival and then we sort of, yeah, we needed to clear all of this stuff for the festival. So it was kind of like, 
you know you're a little, got no it's choice. a little bit awkward yeah you're going <laughs> yeah. back to people like well I thought you're in this big festival why do you need money and it, mm. it was a, there was a little bit of that but yeah you just sort of you know it it was everybody that supported us including yourself just heroes man like because you know lots of friends and family lots of independent filmmakers lots of people that had always sort of like you know just lots of goodwill came from that and and that was abundantly clear with you know the amount of money that we raised so I think yeah not there wasn't a reluctance because I knew that we'd always had to do it but there was also we were desperate (laughs) we were so desperate (laughs) there there was reluctance there was but it's like we were desperate yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah you can't you can't be proud you can't be proud it's just kind of like I've made this film can you help us like Mm. sort of thing so yeah I I kept joking you know it's like we were selling CDs from the back of the car you know it's just like that, that rap thing it's just you know but it is like you said Giles it is really grassroots stuff and it is you have to put yourself out there but so there was another reason we did we were also we sort of made this film a little bit in secret and we were always very wary of Mm. you know any legalities and Nike coming after us people you know contributors we spoke to worked for Nike you know just a, a couple of like indie filmmakers taking on one of the biggest corporations not taking on but, but you're talking I mean, about um, one of the biggest corporations yeah, yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. in a positive it's, way yeah, it's not, it's, this is not an authorised film do you know what I mean mm. it's, it's completely unauthorised and it's our sort of you know it's our take on this story so we, yeah for so many years we just kind of like had to fly underneath the radar yeah and th- that was definitely something a consideration with the crowdfunding why we was like look we're only ever going to do this if we're really desperate and although Makes we'd sense. sort of started to kind of like get our heads into it and i'd done a bit of the groundwork with it, all the rest of it we yeah it was like when do you do it and i think there was because of south by southwest was it gave it an event and it gave it a drive to like we're funding because this thing's happening go give yes. us money you know yeah. this is it's now or never yeah. you know and that was real and that helped and came across uh, although it was a bit weird because it's like well, I thought you just got in it's like yeah but we need to pay but it's still it, it kind of it helped uh, it helped it sort of be around but yeah for many years we were like well, we don't really want to go too public with this thing and make a video that's maybe got archive and all the mm-hmm. stuff in it that we're not really it was, there was many pitfalls to, to sort of doing a funding and going to public Probably with it too early, we felt with the film. So that that was one reason. But but I do believe everything you said, Giles, is I think so true. And you're finding your audience. Mm-hmm. Just you, and that's sort of number one for any film. Really, is like, well, who's going to yeah. watch it? And you do a lot of grunt work finding an audience. So I, I, I do think crowdfunding is a great thing, even not just for the money. But yeah, I think we raised something like sixteen grand, which is still like, well, that <laughs> that probably bought us a couple of video clips it wasn't a lot but actually that is a ton of money yeah you know for really is a ton of money you know ton of kind of money that's like right it's there you know it's, t- it's a couple of months work while you're kind of plugging along with everything but yeah you know it's a fascinating thing doing a crowdfunder like I say you can build an audience who will be with you forever which is amazing but there are so many pitfalls ups and downs of doing a crowdfunder as well what was the one thing that you learnt if you if you God forbid, had to do one again. Um, what was the main, just give us one main thing that you learned from doing it, you know, in terms of that you shouldn't do that or won't do that again. I think one of the things I was like really 
conscious of is it's just kind of like lead time like just giving yourself enough time to raise the money do you yes. know what i mean because i think yeah. once you once you go live with your campaign and like you've got like i don't know 40 days or whatever you're constantly checking it and thinking like okay i've got like you know i've got to raise another kind of you know 45% of my target and like do we have enough time and then also you don't want to leave it on there to, you don't want your your sort of lead time to be too long because then it might lay stagnant and, and sort of like dormant so I think that's one of the things that I was aware of but you know to be completely honest like this was, this was Will's baby Will was completely he done all the work on this so I, I don't know what, what do you think Will? Yeah no I think that's probably a good point it's, it's like anything like it's all going to take time it all takes a lot of time and I just think factoring that in I suppose there's two things <laughs> find some rich people always yeah. find rich people <laughs> basically that's one thing um, because you know when our campaign did well it's because someone dropped a ton of money but then the other side of it is you know I, <laughs> I did a lot of trials for the guys because they were making the film they were in the edit trying to finish the film for South by Southwest it's like this is the most important time for them creatively mm -hmm. to be getting it right mm -hmm. and yeah it's kind of like yeah hi, hi guys I also need you to yeah could you just do a video for me could you do this yeah oh yeah contact yeah. everyone in your phone book <laughs> yeah, now, get WhatsApp group. every WhatsApp group you're in like oh my god just bombarding people with this shit and that's that is interesting the fact that like say you're when you're editing the movie and you're actually in it and you've got and now you've got a deadline there is so much to do so suddenly to be doing a crowdfunder at the same time it's like oh, oh, there's so much to do on a crowdfunder every day you have to be trying to raise money every single yeah, day yeah it was the equivalent of sort of like having a baby and moving house it was one of those things you know like couples wow. sometimes do That's that it's just it, it was what it was like that it felt like that obviously you know it, it wasn't but it's just doing two things in sort of like unison and like massive things like finishing your first feature film but then knowing that you can't really finish it without, you know, getting this money. And it's, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned there about you know, Nike weren't involved. You know, a lot of the, the other brands you do talk about within the film, obviously they're not involved with stuff, but it's Nike you're talking about massively. So once it had got that, even though South of Southwest didn't happen, was there... Did you ever put it to Nike? Did Nike ever contact you? Was there any kind of connection there that questions were asked or not? No, I mean, you know, we we did contact Nike because mm. we, you know, there were people that were involved in this story who still work at Nike. There's like maybe two people that still work at the company who, who we wanted to talk to, but we never heard back. But what we found out is that, I, I think we found out from Peter Moore, who's the guy that, you know, designed the first Air Jordan one. He, you know, he was a Nike designer and he basically has still has friends there. And, and I, I remember when we went to interview him, he basically said, yeah, like no one there will talk to you because this is basically not an authorized Nike project. So it's in the same vein as like if me and Will tomorrow wanted to go and make a film about Apple, no Apple employee is going to talk to us because like when they sign, you know, as an Apple employee, they can't then go and talk to sort of like third, second and third party sort of, you know, companies about the Intel or stuff that happens within the realms of, of Apple. So that kind of gave me a bit of comfort. That was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're not even allowed to talk to us anyway. So it, it's sort of like fine. And yeah, like, you know, this film sort of like been out in the world. And no one said anything because of 
the film does raise a lot of really important questions. You know, you really do go there about it's, you know, people said it's a very clever marketing technique to have trainers sold out, to have people queuing around the block for, well, for anything really is mm. a good marketing technique, they say. Mm. But in the case of these trainers, when the kids did get hold of them, we are talking kids here because it was mainly kids that bought them, they, they did get beat up for the shoes. Mm. They mm. did get robbed and mugged on the streets and in some cases got killed. So this is a really important social discussion we're having here about something that is a fashion accessory that is becoming a problem if you wear it you know if you you couldn't walk around certain areas wearing them because they'd be gone and then you'd have to carry a knife or a gun so i love that you talked about it and i love that that was part of it like you say it was always that from the beginning this social message about the marketing and why they were doing it and the archive footage that you did get was incredible you know it was amazing to watch all those adverts and amazing to watch all those old you know everything in it, it was just like this is incredible did you work hard to get that archive then or was it a case of you just had to buy it that's a question for will but i can tell you that I, the rabbit holes that I went down on, on YouTube were just Not spectacular, bad. you know, yeah. like I would just get lost in just finding this, <laughs> like the most random stuff and then just finding a way of like how we could source it and sort of like pay for it. And, you know, one of the conversations that Michael and I had sort of like, it, this this conversation came quite later on. Like we wanted this film to feel a little bit like a nostalgia trip. You, you yes, know, we, we, we wanted it to appeal to people that sort of like remember that time and mm. remember those ads, you know, whether it be the, like the Foot Locker ad from sort of like the late 80s or everyone remembers the Spike, the Spike and Mike adverts or yeah, like the course, McDonald's yeah. adverts. It, it needed to feel sort of like that, like, okay, we're going to transport everybody sort of like back to you know, the mid eighties and nineties and, and, and how can we do that? Well, like archive, you know, so in terms of clearing that and, and, and sort of like doing that dance. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was a seven year, six year sort of like, you know, battle let's yeah. go there yeah but the other stuff then was it just a case of paying for you know they, they they have a price on a lot of these archive sites they have a price is how much it costs depending on if it's a documentary feature film or pop promo and whatever it is is that kind of what you did with most of the cases and then you choose which one you'd pick yeah very much we still spent a lot of money on archive we knew as we were going through over the years okay we've grabbed this from here when the time's right we're gonna have to go to this archive provider and you know and go okay we've we've got 100 photos you know and they're gonna go well we can do it for this much money and we go well we've got like 10 yeah, percent of that <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and they go okay well that's a problem how about you know x amount of money and you kind of go okay let's come back to you and we you know Yemi and Michael would either go through forensically going, okay, this photo of Jordan slam dunking is really expensive. Can we find a cheaper one? If we can't find a cheaper one, can we get rid of it? You know, it yes. became, you know, like really forensically looked at, okay, where well, we had five stills, bang, bang, bang. Can we do this with three stills? You know, yeah. and uh, one of the big, you know, stylistic things of the film that Yemi always wanted with this animated style, mm, which again, we always great. knew early doors, okay, this is going to help us get round exactly stuff like this. Oh, that, that video is going to cost $10,000, is it? Okay, fine. How about we put three photographs there and we get some nice graphics yeah. Yeah, and that covers that seven second hole and yeah. it just saved us, you know, like 
$9,500. And it looked incredible as well. Exactly. It does, it yeah. does look cool. It gives, it gives the documentary its own feel and, and vibe. And I think, and because you kept using them throughout, I was like, that's, it's a really cool way of saving money. It looks cool. No one knows that you haven't been able to get those seven, eight pictures or those, you know, archive. And actually it worked out well because I think you had to think outside the box as an indie filmmaker, but you also made something even cooler than if you just had five images next to each other, I think anyway. I don't know how you feel now, but um, maybe at the time it was annoying, but, you know, now it works. A hundred percent. That was always kind of a game plan. It was literally from day one, it was like, okay, we know this is going to be a problem. And I, I think Yemi wanted it in that style anyway. Yeah, um, it was in the always, show. Yeah, it was yeah. in the show. Right. Um, the same guy who did the graphics and all that did it, the graphics for Perfect. the film. So we kind of knew that, that that was always going to be something to kind of lean on and, and mm. use. And, and I think it's, you know, it completely paid off. <laughs> totally does. The film's incredible. One, One Man in Shoes is such a great documentary. It's so good. It's so well made. It's honestly, you should all be very proud of yourselves. It's really cool. So let's talk about how people can see it and how they can see it. You mentioned after South by Southwest and obviously then the, the you know, feeling down about it all and then The Last Dance, which is the, the, the documentary on the Chicago Bulls and features Michael Jordan very heavily, came out, which kind of put a massive dent. But actually, like you say, Vice came along. So talk about that, how it works and how people can see it. Yeah, the Vice still, it, it feels like kind of really foggy now, but I, I remember the sales agent basically saying that she was going to have a conversation with Vice and they seemed pretty interested. Oh, how did you get the sales agent on in the first place? Me and Marty met Caroline in 2016, I think, at Sheffield Dockfest at Meat Market. I think. I think it was 2015, yeah. 2015, wow. yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. we met her there. And going back to Will's point, she was just a champion of the film. So she works at Kaleidoscope then. And, and, you know, she was just really positive. And I think, yeah, we kind of, you know, after we'd had a few sucker punches, we kind of like went back to all the people that championed the film and like showed us goodwill and, and, and positive vibes. And she was one of the, the one of the people. So that's how we got her involved. And yeah, after South by Southwest, I think, you know, we sort of like kind of like took some time out. Maybe it was a month or so, maybe two months just to sort of like find our feet and see how, you know, the industry was going to basically respond to sort of like this brave new you know, world that we were all kind of like trying to exist in. Mm. And yeah, she said that she was having a conversation with Vice that they showed a little bit of interest. And then, yeah, it all happened really quickly. I think maybe like, you know, a week after that, we'd had an offer and then we were negotiating and then it was pretty much done. And then they were like, yeah, they want the film in like two weeks. So <laughs> we just had like so much paperwork to do. And obviously because we were delivering to sort of like a US broadcaster. Mm -hmm. We were working, there was that time difference. So yeah, we were all pull, pulling like all-nighters to sort of like, you know, get all the paperwork in check. Yeah. And I think, was there a re-edit, Will, as well? Yeah, that yeah. we had to sort of like, yeah, because they're a kind of, yeah, they're a pay-per-view channel, right? Yeah, so mm -hmm. they had, they have like ad breaks and stuff. So we basically had to chop the film up. Oh my gosh, go back in, re-export it out. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh yeah. We, we had like everything <laughs> like goes into finishing a film. Mm. That one for the South by Southwest cut, as we called it, because it was still like a little bit, you know, it was like 97% done, I would say. And, and at that point it was like, 
you know, yeah, we were kind of riding, <laughs> we were riding a bit close to the sun. It was like, well, if it just screams once and, you know, we'll see what happens after. But then it got real, like, okay, this is going to get bought. This needs to be tied up in a bow. And they were like, yeah, so, you know, wh where are you going to find the other 10 minutes to this film? You know, like, because we, 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 we put out 90-minute films and yours is like... 80, 83, yeah. Yeah, 83 yeah. or something yeah and we were like pardon <laughs> we just Sorry, nearly killed ourselves yeah I bet getting we, the 83 editing 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 out yeah, oh my yeah, god like, we're not putting another seven minutes in the, back in the film and they were like <laughs> yeah. oh really because you know we're like a tv channel and we need to fill air time and we were like mm. okay this is a bit of a problem yes. and um yeah we had all sort of 11th hour meltdowns of like no, no, no. <laughs> I think we finished it. And then, you know, they were like, okay, well, this is, you know, it's cable TV in America. It's like six parts. You know, we had to like suddenly hack our finished baby into six parts, do little oh. bumpers, a little kind yeah, of like, bumpers hey, and... here was what was happening if you've only just tuned in. You know, oh. like we completely butchered, completely butchered our film. But yeah, you know, they took it. Yeah, that sale helped us to kind of pay for the archive and like, finish oh, it and well tie all up in a bow so it, although it was mad sort of stressful it was um, it kind of closed it kind of closed the chapter on it all you know it was kind of it was done at that point so people can watch it now on Vice which is incredible but they can also watch it because I watched it on mm. iTunes so I bought it there right is that the best place where everyone can from buy the movie and watch it? it it's on all kind of home entertainment so yeah you can find it you know iTunes, Amazon um, Kirkland yeah, Home Cinema yeah exactly so yeah nice. it's, 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 you can find it online yeah, it's out there. Amazing. In the UK. And then it's obviously, it's in America, it's on Vice, and yeah, it's actually, it's gone to Australia, it's gone to New Zealand. It's done well, and we're still in, we're still doing that, you know. This, mm. this film's only really properly completed about six, seven months ago, so we're kind of in that first year of getting it out there, so. Yeah, which is a lot of people don't realise that. It's not like there's the finished film and you give it to your sales agent and it's all done. No, no, no. With each territory, there's a different QC to do, or you've got to do subtitles for Russia or you've got to do a different QC for Sweden it doesn't stop people think oh yeah you just there's the movie no no or oh, they'll just send you a list or oh, could you do another um, whatever it is subtitles for this country or we need this doing for this and that costs money otherwise you know because otherwise the sales agent will go well we'll do it but it'll be a grand and a half off your you know whatever you think you might end up earning from this so you're like well we'll do it ourselves and it's it's really difficult. So yeah, I hear where you're at. It's a it's a funny place, but honestly, well done on the film. It's it's brilliant. One man in shoes. Go watch it. Even if you're not into sports or basketball shoes, it's just really well made. It'll show you how to make an indie film on literally nothing to begin with and their own hard work, sweat, and own money, and then built up. So it's it's a really inspiring, brilliant story. Really well done. Thanks a lot, Giles. Thank yeah, you man. so much, man. Thanks for supporting and doing the shouts out on Greenlit and. Uh, Pleasure. And I'm sure there's some people who listen to this podcast who did actually support. So it's really, really cool. So thank you to you as well. Um, where can people find the film online? Have you got its own Twitter handle or anything like that? Facebook page? People can go find it. Yeah, you can find the film on Instagram um, uh, at One Man in His Shoes. And all the links are there for where you can see it. Perfect. What I'll do is I'll copy those and I'll put them in the show notes for everyone. So you'll be able to go straight to it. And do go support, do follow. Uh, even if nothing else, go give them a lovely like and retweet the links that we put 
put out here because someone else might really like to watch this doc so spread the word as far as you can and um, where can the uh, our followers follow you guys Will have you've got your socials Breakham Films yeah right? I think the best one is at Breakham Films uh, on Twitter at Breakham Films on Instagram is probably uh, and Facebook all of them it's pretty Luckily, no one else has Breakham Films. So which is great. It. Which yeah, is great. Surprise me. It's a clean actually. sweep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Congratulations. Yeah. You win. You win. Yeah. Uh, Yemi? It's just that Yemi Romero uh, on Instagram and Twitter as well. Perfect. Again, I'll put the links in the show notes. Do follow the guys. It's an incredible story. Well done. Uh, you can follow me at Giles Olsen. You can follow the podcast at Filmmakers Pod or the Filmmakers Podcast on Instagram uh, at Filmmakers Pod with Twitter, obviously. We are on Facebook as well. So do come follow us. And if you like this, tell your friends help us grow that's the whole point of this podcast so we can help other filmmakers as well rise up and become amazing amazing independent filmmakers as Yemi and Will are and if you are lucky enough to rise up and do well it is your duty to send the elevator back down we will see you next Tuesday as always for another informative installing adventure on the Filmmakers Podcast but for now I've been Giles Olson thank you very much Will take care take care buddy thank you. thank you Yemi thank you buddy thanks man thank you for having us pleasure take care everyone stay safe Go make your own new films. Bye-bye.